Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. What uh, Brother Gaffney said, we need some adults. Uh, Some of you always wanted to be an angel. Here's your chance. This play has angels in it, and uh, we need some adults. We have some wonderful actors. I've seen some of you uh, in uh, the drama, and you need to in, uh, invest in the. It's going to be an unusual opportunity we have to win souls as we do this presentation. I encourage you to sign up, make a commitment, and uh, God's going to really help us uh, uh, in this thing. Colossians chapter one. Uh, I was uh, I was uh, 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 very interested in a statement that was made in a book that I read got my mind churning, and uh, brought me to the understanding of examination. I have no words to fully express all that is going to be in the Scripture tonight, but uh, God has plans for you. Those plans are so fantastic, and those uh, plans are so beyond your ability to grasp as to be, uh, as the cliche is, going to blow your mind about all that God has planned for you. In this text that we're going to read, the Apostle Paul challenges you and I to contemplate uh, those glorious plans because those plans uh, are plans uh, for eternity. And in the text that we're going to read, the Apostle challenges us to believe, but not only to believe, but begin to act upon and to begin to actually Uh, begin to embrace uh, the wonderful uh, text that we have uh, of the news that God has for you and I, and to begin that uh, today. You and I are a part of a movement that is not a part of the Christian entertainment industry today. We are a group of people that are dedicated to the Word of God. Can you say amen? We are dedicated to study the Word of God. We are dedicated to preach the Word of God. Our fellowship is a preaching fellowship. We are challenged to believe. I preached a sermon a few weeks ago and challenged the people to take uh, Bible reading records, begin to read systematically uh, so that they may know what it is uh, that God uh, has planned for their lives. And I want to speak just for a moment. Colossians 1 Verse 25, if you want to turn there, is a mind-blowing statement. Follow with me as I read this. Verse 25 of Colossians chapter 1. In verse 24, he talks in the last statement, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from, uh, 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 from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Listen to this text the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generation, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, 
God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, uh, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to fasten your attention to that statement uh, and the text or the statement that uh, caught my attention, that got me thinking, uh, is the statement was made in this book that believers are God carriers. Believers are God carriers. I want to talk to you about God carriers tonight from this text, if I might. Uh, and first of all, talk to you about the divine purpose. We have in the record of the Bible, the creation of God. And as God created this world, uh, the crown of that creation was man. And the Bible says he formed uh, Adam of the dust of the ground. Uh, and then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life uh, or the life of God was breathed into this created man. And the Bible says man became uh, a living soul because God's life uh, came inside him, and he became a living soul. Now, this lets us understand that man is an eternal creature. He's not simply a creature of time. He is created for eternity. You're going to live somewhere for eternity, and you might as well fasten that in your mind. You're either going to live in heaven, fulfill the purpose of God, or you're going to live in hell for eternity. Man is created an eternal creature, but God's intention for him was he breathed into his nostril God's life and he became a living soul. Now, those who study the human personality say that man has an ability of an IQ or an intelligence quotient of 2,000. Now, if you are a normal human being, an intelligent person, you have a, a regular uh, uh, life. Uh, if you have a, an IQ of 140, you are a normal human being. You're able to study, get a college degree. Uh, all these creative things uh, are within you. If you function at a 160 intelligent quotient level, you're a genius. So think for a moment now, as they have uh, studied mankind uh, and say, as God created him... Uh, this creature of God had the ability or the potential of 2,000. Ponder that for a moment uh, because that gives us a little bit of insight uh, about where I'm going uh, and uh, beginning to examine the scripture because here is a revelation uh, and this revelation is spoken of as the mystery. In Colossians 1 and verse 26, the mystery which has been hidden uh, from ages uh, and from generation. So as we look at that for a moment, here is God's mystery. And that mystery is that God has created this man, human beings. He has created for his own purpose and plans. He's created him for glory. That glory that, uh, that we're talking about is beyond description and is indescribable. Uh, and we want to wrestle with that for a moment because this is a, a mystery which has been hidden from generations past. Uh, but the apostle said uh, it's now being revealed. Now the psalmist ponders this. In the book of Psalms chapter 8 are some fantastic statements made. Uh, verse 3, when I consider your heavens... The work of your fingers, uh, 
the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you've made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor. I was quite uh, uh, knowledgeable, uh, 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 recognized tonight that a number of the choruses uh, carried this statement about glory. And what we're talking about tonight is the glory of God. God's glory involves man that he created and he has glorious plans for him in the future and he breathed into him the life of God and man became a living soul. The Psalms goes on to say, you've crowned him with glory and honor. You've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. Now, if you're a Bible student, you recognize that in the book of Genesis, when it details this creation, it says that God created man and he created him in his own likeness and in his own image. Those are very interesting words. The Hebrew words are tohu and bohu. And what they literally mean is he created him to represent him and to execute his dominion or God's representative executing his dominion upon the earth. So when the life of God comes in us and God intended that, then this is a dimension that is beyond our understanding. We barely can even comprehend. And this is why the psalmist says, when I beheld the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, I see the glorious creation that you have. What is man that you are mindful of him and you've crowned him with glory and honor in the midst of that creation? And this involves the glory of God uh, invested in man is absolutely incredible. Now listen to me for a moment uh, because Paul alludes to this statement uh, when he writes in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The apostle Paul uh, writes uh, a very interesting text in Corinthians. He said, I knew a man in Christ some 14 years ago. This man was caught up into the third heaven um, and he saw things uh, which it is not lawful for him to utter. He said, I, uh, I was caught up by God in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was transported into a dimension, uh, whether in the body or out of the body, I, I, I just do not know. But this was so glorious uh, that I saw things uh, that it was unlawful for me to utter. I have no words to describe this. Uh, and this was such a glorious experience uh, as I saw what God has planned for mankind. Uh, he says, there was given me a thorn of the flesh, uh, lest I be exalted in my spirit. Uh, and he records that. This is what God created us for, is his wonderful glory. This is the plan that he has for you, is a plan of glory for every individual sitting in this building. But the problem is that Adam and Eve sold the farm. 
The scripture says that they sinned. This is a word, harmartia. It is a Greek word that means fallen short. And the apostle Paul picks this up again. Notice these words in Romans 3.23. And he says, all have sinned. We are all the children of Adam and Eve. All have sinned. And then listen to this strange statement that he makes. And have fallen short of the glory of God. Or in other words, that wonderful plan that God has for mankind uh, uh, has been short-circuited. It has been hijacked by the devil who is your enemy. uh, And uh, sin has caused every human being to fall short uh, of the glory of God. You're a sinner by nature and you're a sinner by deed. And the glory of God that he has planned for you uh, and that purpose that he's planned for you was ruined uh, by the devil who caused our parents to sin. He corrupted uh, mankind uh, and separated man uh, from the life of God. uh, And that's the story of history uh, as we examine that. Now let's look for a moment at this mystery that has been revealed. Man has been reconciled to God uh, by the wonderful work of God on Calvary's tree as Jesus Christ, God's son, died for you and me on that cross. As he died on that cross, the Bible says he reconciled us to God, or in other words, he reconciled us so that again the life of God can be manifested. And it was interesting that one of these choruses tonight talked about that manifestation Uh, 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 that the glory of God manifested in us. On Calvary's tree, uh, Jesus Christ died. And when he died, uh, there was a cataclysmic uh, event that happened. The Bible says that for uh, some six hours uh, that the uh, sky was darkened. A darkness came upon the earth uh, uh, when uh, this, uh, these events were happening, uh, an earthquake uh, uh, shook the earth uh, and uh, rocks even split. Uh, some people who had died came up out of the ground. Uh, and as this uh, event happened, uh, uh, then there's something happened in the temple uh, that no man could perform. A four inch thick veil that veiled the Holy of Holies uh, that it split from the top to the bottom. Uh, a cataclysmic event uh, that had has great understanding in what we're talking about, about uh, tonight. Because in that temple, uh, the glory of the living God uh, was manifested uh, and that veil was uh, rent from top to bottom. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians five nineteen, that is uh, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, uh, not imputing uh, their trespasses uh, to them. And so this brought us now to a unique consideration, and that is Christianity. Christianity is not just another religion. Christianity is absolutely unique, and by saying that, I mean there's nothing else that even approaches the message that is here. Christianity is not a, a message about ethics. There are ethics that, are involved, ethics that are involved. It's not about ethics. What it's about uh, is here in this text, uh, in the words, it says, Christ uh, in you. Now, there's no other religion that teaches that or that teaches that dimension. And in verses 26 and 27 says, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generation, but now has been revealed to his saints. 
to them God willed to make known what are the riches of this glory among, uh, of this mystery among the Gentile, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is one of the most fantastic statements uh, ever made. And that's the reason I said to you, God has plans for you that will blow your mind. Can you say amen tonight? This is Christ in you, the hope of glory, or in other words, God indwelling man. Now think about this for a moment. We're not just talking tonight about God walking among human beings in a world where we observe what God is doing and we contemplate that. But the statement here very clearly is God inside of us expressing himself to a world that is ignorant of his glory is the statement is here, Christ in you the hope of glory and this dimension is gained by the indwelling Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Listen to Ephesians 3 and verse 19. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, that statement alone is enough to, to cause the circuits a short circuit and put you buzzing. Can you say amen? That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Or in other words, all that God can manifest himself as to you as a human being now has been placed inside you in the indwelling Christ through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, God dwelling inside you. And the call here is more than just simply a religious club. Tonight we're not called to some religious lodge or some club that we join. What we're called to is the text that we have before us, and that's God inside of us as we believe, turn from sin, and believe in Jesus Christ. It's not just an association. This is a dimension that's far beyond anything that the religious world contemplates in any religion on earth. Listen to 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 16. The apostle Paul says, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And he says again in 1 Corinthians that you are the temple of the living God. In the book of Ephesians 3 and verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by or through faith. And it says that in the book of Colossians in another verse, it pleased God that in Jesus Christ all fullness will dwell, and now we've brought this full circle, is Christ in you, the hope of glory, is God's expression in you, living in you, inside of you, and this is the greatest story that was ever told. Listen to Second Corinthians chapter 4, uh, 6 and 7. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. 
So let's digest for a moment what has been said there. This is nothing that we have merited. This is nothing that we say we've lived a good life. We have, uh, uh, we've walked the line. We've, this is the most glorious plan of all of eternity uh, that God has reached down and restored back his original purpose in man, uh, which the life of God uh, is to be the glory of God. Uh, and as man turned from that and fell short of the glory of God, God in Jesus Christ now has reached down and lifted that man out of the pits of sin and has placed in him a divine residence as Jesus Christ dwells in our hearts through faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now this is going to change all the factors of life. Christianity is not just attending some place where we're entertained by a person who is a charismatic speaker. Or we attend a building where someone uh, has humorous stories to tell uh, that, uh, uh, that keep our attention. Or we have some kind of a dramatic uh, light show as it was in fantastic music that we are entertained by. Christianity is so much more than that. Christianity is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And if that is embraced and believed, it must change the way you live. This is going to change your morals. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians, this tremendous statement, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he argues in both 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, if this is so, then this is going to change your morals. Can you say amen tonight? How can you take uh, the uh, body of Christ uh, that you're joined to and join it to a harlot, he says, to an immoral woman if you're a male, and uh, the, rever the reverse is true. And so if Jesus Christ dwells in you, uh, there's no way uh, that you're to express yourself uh, in an immoral dimension. This, the scripture says, is going to change your mental processes. Because the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. Now, remember, I'm talking about the potential that God has given to mankind. And he says very clearly in the scripture, we have the mind of Christ. This is going to bring you a deliverance from demonic demonic. Uh, uh, influence and demonic uh, activities uh, because Peter says uh, we have been made partakers uh, of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world uh, through lust. So let's think now back plan A of God is that man is created. He's given this tremendous potential. He's given this glorious privilege and God has a plan for him. He didn't just create man to just simply exist somewhere. He created him for a purpose and that purpose is the glory of God. He is to be a bearer of the life of God and the glory of God and Christ inside you. Not Christ with you. This is, this is not the statement. Christ in you. And this is why it caught my attention, uh, the God carriers. Uh, and I begin to read and ponder about that. And it's the book of Romans, Paul says, uh, if you're led of the Spirit of God or controlled by the Spirit of God, then uh, are you a child of God. This brings me now 
to a pondering of the conclusion. Because what we're talking about is hope. And the grounds of this hope is more than just simply religious posturing. This is, a, uh, this is a consideration of all that's going on in the world today. There's ritual. There's a ritual. People gather together and they go through some kind of religious ritual. Some of these are very elaborate. There's various kinds of religious gesture and religious uh, dress uh, and uh, all kinds of things. Uh, uh, but I want to tell you, there's much more that's involved in this. We have uh, liturgy, uh, various kinds of styles of worship. We have uh, symbols. We have icons. I, I was reading uh, sometime last year, there's a debate of turning back to the original primitive Christianity. And so uh, one of the articles that I read said, don't leave home without making the sign of the cross. You know, well, I leave home every day without making the sign of the cross. Amen? That's religious garbage. (laughs) And the debate is, should you do this with two fingers or with three fingers? I don't think God really cares. Can you say amen? And should you go left to right or right to left? You know, I'm reading all of this and I'm saying, who cares? What I'm reading tonight is such a glorious, such a wonderful prospect. And the ground for this hope is not in some kind of ritual. The ground for this hope are based on the principle that tonight in this building, you can be filled with God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I think we... Uh, we talked in the men's discipleship class. There's uh, uh, Christian yoga. And I told him there's uh, uh, labyrinths and there's incense and there's candles. All that's being resuscitated uh, from people who are, uh, have lost their mind. Uh, if they ever had Christianity, they've lost it because there's something far more involved here than simply some ritual. Uh, we're talking about Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now look with me for a moment uh, because I'm dealing with a transcendent dimension. A transcendent dimension means it is beyond the boundaries uh, or it's moved beyond uh, the dimension uh, and the boundaries have been removed that you normally think uh, and transcendence is meaning you're moving into another dimension and we're talking tonight about a spiritual dimension uh, and that is the hope uh, of uh, glory. Let's ponder that statement for a moment. Uh, What is this all about? What's it talking about, the hope of glory? We're talking about the full manifestation and the realization of something that God has for you, which is that original life that he breathed into Adam's nostril, which was more than just having breath. It was the life of God that is aiming him at this wonderful plan for eternity. And this manifestation of this life is already in the possession of believers waiting for it to be manifested. And this possession through faith in Jesus Christ is the possession 
of every believer. We used to sing a chorus, and uh, that chorus is, uh, I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. Uh, I've got his, uh, 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 I've got his, uh, 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 where's my words at? I've got the life of God in me. I've got his power, his glory, and his ability. I've got the life of God in me. Now think about that for a moment because here's an expectation that we have. So much of Christianity is nothing more than an organization of people gathered together. Uh, but I want to tell you what we're talking about tonight is you having God's life and expressing that in your daily life. Listen to Matthew 16 and verse 28. Jesus is with the disciples and he's uh, teaching them, leading them along to understand and to uh, possess uh, the thing that he's, uh, that he's teaching them. And he says to the disciples in chapter 16, remember now, the Bible as it was written was not written in chapters. That's been added. And so 16 and 17 are tied together. Assuredly, I say to you, there's some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. If you will follow on in chapter 17, verse 1, it follows on and it says, In not many days hence, uh, he took Peter, James, and John up into the mountain, uh, and a tremendous thing happened. Stay with me for a moment. Verses 2 and 3 of chapter 17. He was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light, uh, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Now, this is a direct connection with what he said before. Uh, there's some of you here, you're not going to taste of death until you see the kingdom of God coming in power. And then it adds that on. Uh, here's this transfiguration upon the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, and this is the kingdom of God uh, revealed. Uh, this is where we're moving toward. Now, think about that for a moment. They, Peter, James, and John, they go up on the mount and suddenly they see Jesus Christ, our Lord, transfigured before them. His clothing becomes glistering. There's a transcendent dimension that takes place. And as he said, apparently Moses and Elijah also have some kind of glory that's shining from them because as they see this, immediately Peter, old big mouth, he said, Lord, let us build a uh, three tabernacle, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And God speaks from heaven and says, shut up, Peter. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Now, what are we saying tonight? We're talking about uh, transcending into uh, another dimension uh, in the spirit realm. Uh, and so let's go back now to God's original plan, uh, which is the glory of God uh, in mankind. This is multi-dimensional. Philip is preaching in Samaria. As he's preaching, a wonderful revival breaks out. And God says, I want you to leave this. I want you to go down. And as he goes down, he encounters an Ethiopian eunuch in a chariot, uh, and he's reading from Isaiah. He says, uh, to him, do you understand what you're reading? He said, I, I don't understand unless some man show me. He speaks to him the gospel, baptizes him. And then the Bible gives a tremendous statement. It's uh, immediately after that, Philip is transported uh, and uh, he winds up uh, 
in Azotus. Or in other words, something happened to this man. He is a believer, just like you. He has all the limitations of human personality. He has all the, uh, the things uh, that are involved in your life and my life. Uh, and what happens to him is that in the dimension of God, he's transported. Uh, suddenly he was here. Now he's there. He is out in another dimension uh, and a possibility is there that we need to ponder. And the lesson is there, not necessarily uh, that we're going to have this experience, but it puts before us a possibility uh, of transcendence uh, and transcending time uh, and space uh, and the elements. In the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 23, a man has a demon-possessed son. He is mute uh, and uh, he is deaf And as he comes to the disciples, nothing can happen to them and they're having no uh, results. And then he comes to Jesus uh, and he says, Lord, if you can do anything, uh, help us. And Jesus speaks these tremendous words. uh, If you can believe, all things uh, are possible. Now tonight as we're sitting in this building, as we ponder now the plan that God has for you and I, this plan is a mind blower. It's not that someday you can become rich. It's not that if you believe and you come to church, you're going to be happy. It's it's what it is, is so glorious and so wonderful that when the apostle Paul is caught up and he sees just a glimpse of that, uh, he says, I saw things that were not lawful for me to utter. uh, And lest he be inflated in his own ego, he gets a thorn of the flesh, whatever that's going to turn out to be, uh, lest he be exalted uh, because there's a transcendence uh, that we're dealing with when we're talking about Christ uh, in you, the hope of glory. Jesus is in conversation with the disciples and he said these words, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Another place in John three thirteen, he's discussing and he says the Son of Man who is in heaven. He's standing right there, but he's talking about being in heaven. So when we're talking about the life of God tonight, we're talking about divine life. It is something more than just simply the dynamics of two by uh, two and two equal four. It's more than just simply uh, saying tonight that we went to church, we worship God. Uh, the possibilities are that you and I will have a dimension inside uh, and this dimension inside begins to manifest itself out uh, in the life uh, that we're living uh, day by day. The Roman centurion grasped this. He has a servant that is home, and this servant is, uh, is bedfast. He's desperately ill, and he comes to Jesus, and Jesus, uh, as he uh, hears it, he said, I'll come and heal him. And Jesus says, listen to that. You don't need to come to my house. I'm not even worthy that you come into my house. You just speak a word, and he'll be healed. And Jesus said, I've not found such great faith. No, not in Israel. Here then... We are in a dimension where there's a transcendence of time and space. Uh, there's a Syrophoenician woman. You know the story. She comes to Jesus, says, my daughter is uh, demon-possessed. Uh, and uh, he goes through the, the various uh, things that are there. Uh, and in the ending, uh, he speaks to this woman, this daughter somewhere else. And he speaks and he says, uh, for this saying, your daughter's delivered of this demon. And the Bible says instantly, this, woman, this uh, daughter is healed uh, because the life of God in us uh, 
God is pulling us to another dimension, and that dimension is that we make an impact in the world in which we live. We are called to manifest His glory. The Bible says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. And then he begins to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, the gifts of healing, uh, the gifts of discerning of spirits and so on. But as the manifestation of the Spirit, uh, that's Christ in you, uh, the hope uh, of glory. Jesus uh, uh, is talking, uh, and as he's talking with them, he says, the, uh, the Son of Man who is in the bosom of the Father. He's here, but he's talking about this glorious transcendent dimension. Uh, and when Christ dwells in your heart, uh, I want to tell you, he pulls you uh, to the glory that God has ordained for you. It's not just simply uh, uh, go to church. It's not just simply uh, read some scriptures. It's not just simply listen to a sermon. It's allow that life that God has placed into you to begin to manifest in the world in which we live. The cap of all this is spoken of in 1 Corinthians 15 and 51. Fantastic hope. See, the word hope, uh, as it's used in the Bible, uh, literally means expectation. Or in other words, the hope of glory is that Jesus Christ dwelling in us gives us an expectation that spiritual things can be experienced that are beyond our power and beyond our ability. Listen to 1 Corinthians 15, 51, and this is the cap of it all. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, uh, and we shall be changed. You see, tonight, as you and I are sitting in this building, uh, there is a hope. Uh, It's an expectation. And very clearly, uh, the Bible says that this glorious plan that God has for you is Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory, that carries us to that wonderful plan and eternal dimension, which is the glory of God. Embrace the glory of God, experience the glory of God, lived out, and finally the glory of God caught up into the eternal plan that God has for you and I. I want you to bow your head with me tonight. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. 
We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.